G'day everyone, welcome back to Porsche Talk Podcast. It's been a few weeks, but I don't know what I've got a bit to talk about. Well, she moves like lightning, and she counts to three. And she turns out all the lights and says she's coming for me. Now put your hands up, this is a heist. And there's no one in here living gonna make it out alive. Load it up when the sun comes down Getaway car for two young lovers Me and the girl straight out of town Over the hills and undercover Undercover, undercover She said Green, green girls Blue, blue sky You better throw a party On the day that I die Green, green girls Ashmel, how are you today? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? It's been ages. It feels like weeks. Because it has been. It has been weeks, yes. And uh, and, and your musical choice is... Um, George Ezra. You know, any, anything after, I think, 2015, I only know Ed Sheeran because that's what my children listen to all the time in the car. And that's all that goes around in my head. What is this madness, witchcraft? Ironically, right... This is the music that goes around in my car because my daughter's obsession with this musician, George Ezra, the song was Green Green Grass, everyone, and it just is one of those earworms, but the whole album is a cracker. And look, in all honesty, what's been three albums now, I think, since the whole shotgun hype of George Ezra, they've got to this the hit, you know, like, and he was in Perth, what, six or seven months ago. We went and saw him. I had high expectations. He exceeded them. It was the whole thing, you know. So it was just a, yeah. I'm a, I'm an empathizer. What do I say? It was a. Well, I, I feel like we've we've lost you know two of our three listeners now. <laughs> well, I'm trying to bring the youth into the channel. If you know what I mean, the youth. <laughs> This, this, the uh, yeah. We need to get every one listener needs to get their children listening. Yeah, look, and honestly, the whole. I think I had one afternoon where we had uh, my daughter on YouTube on telly on the TV, and I think she did the whole Ed George Ezra song "Shotgun," which every person knows in the world, right? As um, I yep. think she played like seventy four times in a row with lyrics, so. It was just, yes. you know, like kids at a certain age when they'd get that thing. And like, you know, honestly, I was like that with ACDC as a kid. I just listened to it over and over and over. Would have driven my father insane, right? But I copped at his interest when it was my turn. Well, I guess you've got to, and I, I like to encourage my children to listen to music. I, do I think too. it's very, it's good. Yeah, it's good. I think it's just good for you. I just remember it, it kind of, you know, sort of, evokes memories of certain times in your, in your life. And I think I just want my children to have that, even though I'm trying to get them to listen to stuff that isn't Ed Sheeran, which is sure. quite difficult. Sure, yep. Um, you know, when you're playing a bit of Queen or something from way back when. It's a bit of a hit. Uh, and they're not. Say that again. Queen is a bit of a hit with my daughter in our house. Like there's several of the, uh, you know, Queen hits, so to speak, that are uh, do get high repetition play high rotation in the household oh yeah we do we do we've got a kids uh playlist that goes in the car and there's about three or four queen songs on there that get like a good get everybody really screaming um but it's all reverts back to ed sheeran (laughs) not not that i hate ed sheeran or anything ed sheeran makes great music uh it's just when you hear it all the time and it's like about five songs that you just hear over and over and over again um and then and then you're in a shop somewhere and it's playing and and you can't decide am i just hearing that in my brain or is that actually playing in the shops <laughs> Wait, so, uh, look so yeah it's ed sheeran's off trend in our house oh and in all honesty i'm um look i wouldn't say i'm a fan of the guy but i know his music but I turned a corner when he was in that film, that Beatles tribute film. I can't even remember what it's called that he was in with. Uh, yesterday. Yeah. I saw that and I thought, I like Ed Sheeran now. Even though I know he was acting. And he all is that able to stuff, laugh at it. You know, but it was just a piss take. And I thought, yeah, okay, I think Ed Sheeran's all right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that. And I think the way he was able to laugh at himself. Yeah. And, you know, he seems like a nice guy. He, you know, his family do the donates charity, sponsors a local football team. Um, I, I don't know why some people just really hate him. I just don't understand it. Well, that's two of us. I don't understand it either. But because, like, this, the guys had the world against him growing up, clearly. But Oscar come good. Yeah. Now, George is exactly. actually... So, uh, George is yeah, the big opposite. Up, uh, as you mean, he's a like he went horrible to, guy, but everybody loves yeah. him. Oh, no, like, he's he's the son-in-law every mother wants to have, right? He Like, the guy's couldn't be better behaved or mannered, right? And any interview we ever see with him, if, you know, someone hits it on YouTube or we see him on TV or something, it's like he's the... Like, you know, we can all aspire to live the quality of life that he's representing, but I will say he went to music school, he learned how to write songs, he did all this sort of stuff and produced amazing outcomes. It just shows you that that process might actually work. However, what I will also say is, George, if you're listening and you're a fan of Porsche cars, come on the podcast. We don't even care if you're not a fan of Porsche cars. Come on the podcast. We'll make you a fan. Yeah. That's a great idea. Why don't I reach out to him and make a note right now, listeners? George Ezra, got it. Do it. Do it. Uh, should I make a note to reach out to Ed Sheeran so he can ignore me? Yeah, I think I think right now, I think we're about as likely as each other to get them either as a uh, guest at the same time on the podcast. All right. Uh, I've made a note, note to self, get ignored by Ed Sheeran. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Some more. <laughs> Let's talk. Anyway, we should probably talk about cars. Great idea. Porsche specifically. Car podcast. Now, it's been a while since we've spoken about cars. Now, you must be close to summer, and I'm making that assumption, listeners, because I can see Ajmal right now in a T-shirt. Yeah, it's glorious today. It's absolutely glorious Fantastic. outside. I love it. Hooray, summer's arrived. Winter hasn't really arrived here, but although we did have a bit of wet weather last night, but today again... I thought, oh, I'm not going to get up and go outside this morning and do some exercise. It's only 10 degrees, right? However, the um, I do understand that's your typical summer. But that aside, look, it's either 10 or it's 38. There's nothing in the middle anymore in the UK. So not that I want to talk about weather overly, but it's great to have the idea that you may, very slim chance, get the 912 out this summer. Yes, there's a chance. There is, you're right, there is a slim chance that might happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, should I just go straight into my big, big news? Let's hear it. Uh, the carriage build is booked. <sighs> hey, I've actually got a sound effect for that somewhere. I missed it. Yeah, you have sound effects. I know. They should have been like a drum roll or yeah, yeah, cheers okay. or something. Yeah, sure. There's no foreplay. I, I didn't get enough... Uh, you know, I'm not a pro enough, all right? I'm just a some middle-aged, sad, balding man who's tr- thinking he makes a podcast, all right? So what can I do? Well, well. so uh, middle of next month, so what, middle of June, yep, yeah, yeah. the groundworks are being done. Yep. So I've, I've abandoned the idea of giant screws. Really? Uh, yes, because... It just got to, when I first went about it and I found out about them, I thought, this is genius. But then you find out it's too hard. You still need tons of structural engineers. And then there's a time limit on how long they stay in the ground and don't, you know, disappear. What? Rust away or don't stay stable. I see. So, yeah. Oh, I thought they were like concrete sc- screws or something. Okay. That oh, was no. Yeah, this whole thing sounds like shit. No. Well, you've changed your mind. Yeah. But it was when when the guy said to me, "It's you might have trouble if you sell your house and there's a survey done." <laughs> they might say, "Well, actually, that's not a permanent building." <laughs> they they were calling it a temporary building because of those screws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then he, and then you know when you start thinking, "Hang on, but what about insurance?" Well, you know when when I've got my car in there and it collapses or something, are they just going to go? Well, that's just tough. So um, so I reverted back to part concrete and part sort of build it up with more sort of you know um more earth friendly 
materials. And so that's going to get done middle of next month. And we've put in the order for the building, which is going to be a two and a half bay uh, oak framed building. But I still have to source someone to come and do the roof tiles and things like that. So it's going to be the building's going to be up. I need the doors and the roof tiles done. Um, So middle of July, we should be at a point where the building is up and I'm going to get the car. This sounds fantastic, right? However, this is a car podcast. Let's talk about cars, not where we park our cars. Uh, It's all kind of very, very linked. It's very linked. Um, I know you've seen photos of my garage and it's a bit of a uh, cave of uh, joy. Exactly. So I'm, I'm very jealous. Um, but in other news, in other big news, big, huge news that I haven't posted on uh, Instagram simply because I didn't want you to see it, <laughs> um, is uh, last Monday I met Magnus. Oh, really? Face to face? Yeah, face to face. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I, I, he was at Cafe in a Machine. It was kind of a last minute thing. And it was oh, ticketed. God, I thought you were going to say and I saw it come shop. up. Well, well, hang on. But because it came up on uh, Instagram, oh, Magnus is going to be a Cafe in a Machine and you can buy a ticket. Um, and I just said it was £10, so I thought, I'll, I'll buy a ticket. And, and in, the, in my head, I was thinking, uh, you know what, if it's, if it's bucketing down rain, I'm so not going. Yeah. Um, but in the end, <laughs> it wasn't. It was sunny. So I headed off, you know, managed to get myself out of a couple of late conference calls, uh, got there. Uh, Simon Jessup was there. And, um, and Magnus was just sat there having a beer and I went and said hello to him. We had a brief chat, uh, talked about fish and chips a little bit. Did he remember uh, you talking to you on the podcast? He remembered about the talking about food. That was the, I think that's the thing that right. he remembered. Sure. <laughs> um, so it, it was good to talk to him and I, I didn't want to keep him too long. There are a ton of people there and I thought, you know, we have actually had a chat for 90 minutes. Sure. with him already uh so i was just glad that he remembered who i was had a probably five minute chat or a couple of five minute chats with him um and then uh, do you know on instagram uh justice sketch no so it's a guy on instagram who does it's kind of his hobby he does a ton of artwork he did the artwork for magnus's installation at the peterson okay and he's UK based. Uh, his name's Craig, and it's it's almost like a hobby for him. And I I wasn't sure that he was going to be there, but he was there, and uh, a great meeting him. Great bloke, and uh, he did he did a, a poster for the event. Like yeah. He just went, oh yeah, I'll do this thing, and I said to Magnus, I'll bring some along. You could sign them for people. Anyway, while I was talking to Magnus, Magnus goes, oh, do you want one of these? I went, yeah, sure. And then he said, uh, do you want me to sign it? And I went, yeah, sure. And now I wish I hadn't asked him to sign it because it looks better as a work of art than a piece of memorabilia. <laughs> In case you're listening, it's, Magnus, it's, 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 no, for nothing personal. It's, it's, it isn't anything personal, no, because, you know, he would have signed it. It's not. He signed it to me uh, with a usual kind of, you know, Magnus type comment pedal to the metal or something like that sure. yeah and um and i thought you know he's gonna because when because I, I was the, i was stood there talking to him so i got one of these things i put it in the car and i went for a beer and uh non-alcoholic beer by the way my first yep. ever yep. non-alcoholic beer i've ever had really ever sounds like yeah, well normally i just drink because i want to get drunk and i'm driving i don't get non-alcoholic well, beer see simon bought it he got he got That's it for me because i already had I kind of, yeah, I had a can of Coke, but he, he said, oh, you should try this. And I thought, oh, that's actually not that bad, but I'm not really much of a beer drinker. Anyway, sure. Chuck this in the car, uh, came back, chatting to Simon, and there's like a queue for the next hours and hours, like two or three hours, where people are waiting to get their things signed. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, if I'd had to queue, I wouldn't have got it done. Um, but it was, I just happened to be there when he opened the packet. And I got assigned one. And, I, and now I was thinking, and Craig did say to me, look, I'll print you off another one. Um, because, you know, it's not like it's yeah, unique, yeah. right? It, you know, it it's like? signature. Because he would have signed hundreds of them. Actually, you know what? Uh, I will. Let's send me the image so I can use it as the um, the uh, thumbnail for tonight's podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
Uh, it's, it's on a shelf behind me. I'll, I could show it to you, but it won't do much for the listeners. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll post it on Instagram as well, and I'll send it to you. Um, and then, but actually, since I last spoke to you, including that event at Caffeine Machine, I've been to two others as well. Where is that? I know. Uh, I went to one of PJ's events, uh, Wicks Berkshire Cars and Coffee, at the brewery nearby. Um, and I went to uh, John, who is my Blue 912 on Instagram. He organized one at a watch technology center, which is like 25 minutes from my house. Um, and I went there, and it was really good there as well. You know, uh, what's his name was there? Frank Cassidy, um, engineering Paul, he was there. Yeah, uh, PJ was there. Yeah. Ton, tons of people there. Um, and, and, you know, again, gloriously sunny. And it was one of those few that had great food and great coffee as well. Well, they're few and far between it's, those ones, aren't they? They are. They really are. You know, they, and it wasn't like there wasn't a massive queue for it. Um, and I and I did that thing where I went a little bit later, um, but I didn't um, I didn't get to park at the front. Obviously, I was That's in my nine eleven. You didn't have to wait for your food or coffee either, did you? Didn't have to wait for my food or coffee. <laughs> and but saying that, when I went to when I went to the cafe and the machine thing, and I was going in, and I was chatting to the guy at the door. I was in my car, and uh, Phil McGovern, who owns Caffeine and Machine, he came out the door. And he just went, I so love your car. Don't ever wash it. <laughs> and then he came with a photographer and they took a quick snap of it. And the car park, I saw that they were taking a photo of it. Phil could be. So I thought it was quite funny. Phil might be a good guest for the future podcast, I think. I did think that. Um, and also, as a guest, uh, I think we should get PJ back on because his event, Classics of the Clubhouse, is happening in June next month, so that's not far away. I feel like they're coming a lot faster than I expected, That which means I'm getting older. Yeah, it's, it's flying by, honestly, because it feels like only a couple of months ago we had him on to talk about it last oh, year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but have you seen uh, he's got uh, the Porsche sponsoring the event? Fantastic. Good on him. So he's, uh, he's done really well. Um, and we can hear about any new potential purchases that he might have made. Then look, and if anyone's capable, it's definitely PJ. Yes, definitely, definitely. So it's been a quite not not busy, but stuff's happened over the last Great. few weeks, which has been quite nice. Um, but the bad thing, bad thing Oof, bad is, um, well, I... So on Sunday when I went to this uh, carbon coffee event with the, at the Watch Technology Centre, um, I had to go down these small country lanes because the road closures. And you know where you can hear your car, yes, really clearly when you've got. So I opened both the windows so I yeah. could hear it, and it sounded really good. But then when I floored it through these uh, winding roads, I can hear the. Timing chain guides like quite clearly because <laughs> <laughs> when you when it's, when, I reckon they're the same part as what you would have had in the Boxster. Have you still got those? Have you still got those timing chain things? I oh, know I didn't. I didn't buy them for that. Uh, that either. They were worse on that. It was horrific on that because they I used to make you a noise. Placements that hadn't installed them. No Boxster. No, I bought something else. Yeah, Boxster. I bought something else. What did I buy? There was something that I did buy that I hadn't done. I just gave it with the car. I can't remember what that was, but. With um, I'm these, sure the timing chain when, things, you know, like the adjusters or whatever that wear out, you know, because the chain just runs over them. And you put, you don't have to drop the engine I, and put them in. They sort of go in the end. I can't remember what it was. I'm pretty sure it was. It was a, maybe it was a pulley or something. No, oh, anyway. Right. I don't know. doesn't matter. But, um, but with, uh, with the 996, it was – so when, you, when you're stationary and you rev it quite hard, it doesn't make that – Mm-hmm. Obviously, it doesn't make that noise. But when you're driving off, it's under load. So when that chain flexes out, okay. you hear it clicking against the. So uh, I think Jack can do it without taking the engine out. He's told me that, but it's still. You are dreaming. Mate. Bad. You're about to put the hand in your pocket. That's going to stop your shed. 
Oh, I know I can't do that. See, I've got to get the garage first. And also, I, 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 I want to be fixing the broken 912 because the steering damper and the distributor, I haven't got the distributor yet. I'd like to go on the record here to remind you that I said the 912 wouldn't get out this summer. It's happening. It's happening. When? Um, well, well, it's only been sunny for probably about a week and what? I've been working. And I have to... To change that damper, I don't really want to do it on my driveway because yeah. if you snap a bolt or something, then you're stuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I might, I might just have to, t- I might just have to take it to Jack and risk driving it there because it's about probably about ten miles. I know <laughs> it, it is literally the steering is you can steer with a finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. touching the floor. It feels like. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you about the events I've been to. Go on. Okay, so since our last chat i've been to a classic cars and coffee which is the big one here in western australia six it was raining in the morning right we had about six seven hundred cars turn up still wow yeah it was massive that is a lot yeah and there's some you know some great cars met some people who were um uh fans of the channel and fans of the uh, podcast captured a bit of video oh, nice posted it I'll come back to that in a second. Um, and then on Sunday, just gone, was it Sunday or Saturday? I can't remember. Sunday, we had an event at a, another friend of the channel, Troy's place. He's, a, he's an artist. He's a sculptor. Does a lot of steampunky type stuff. And um, he's also got a man cave that's his workshop. And, man, honestly, you see this place, Ashmal, you're ready to move <laughs> yourself. Like he's got all the gear, right, all of it. He's a welder and does all brazing, he does his own interior work in his cars, he just custom fabricates, you know, metal work for the restorations he's doing and, he's, you know, he loves motorbikes, combis, Porsches, he's got a cup car in there as well that he uses regularly, he's got a GD3, 902 GD3 manual, you know, he's got a 996 in that, oh, I can't remember the name, the colour, it might be Champagne, which is that silver with a slight pink tinge, the 996 oh, yeah. turbo colour. It was, it was a launch colour for it. Anyway, stunning car. Anyway, like we, he goes and he invites all the uh, members of the car club there and there's 40 or 50 of us there and, yeah, it was just a cracker of a morning. Like we could have stayed there all day. He puts on, you know, big barbecue breakfast with, you know, wow, bacon, egg rolls and sausages and all that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, just goes – it was just an amazing experience and seeing the space he's got that he – Spends in his, his creative space is incredible. I, I actually posted a short video of that as well um, the last couple of days. And um, what else? They had these two events. Um, what else have I got listed here? I finally got some parts from the UK for the uh, my wife's TT. Just turned up. So oh, I, I did see that. Yes. Control arms sorted out. And uh, on the posting of videos... In the last 60 mm-hmm. days, I've dropped 600 subscribers. Whoa! Ow! Well, apathy, let's let's be honest, right? I just haven't done much posting, right? Well, and also, my videos, I'm still... Look, I'll be straight up with you. I do love creating the video. I love the process. But time-wise, I prefer to create short videos. Like, you know... Five, six minutes max type thing, and that gets punished by YouTube, I've since found out. Oh, yeah. Right, you yeah, know, they want absolutely. videos between 10 and 15 minutes is their sweet spot, unless you've got more than a million subscribers and then you can do whatever you want, right? But if you don't, you know, you've got to be between that 10 and 15-minute window. But I found if I do shorter videos, I actually get greater engagement. Mm. Right, but people watch it to the end, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, they do. But like you know, I put this. But I've gone from seriously. I'm no piss take aside. I've gone from ten thousand view videos, and you know, twelve months ago to two hundred and fifty view videos today. Oh wow! See, I haven't even checked. I've I've fallen off the. Yeah, I'm off. I'm off the grid. You know what I mean? But look, I'll still continue. Yeah. I'll continue to do it because I'm doing it for myself. I'm not doing it for you know. I'm enjoying the process. I like a record of the event that I went to. I can go back and look at my YouTube channel and see it, you know. So all yeah. the other stuff, it's not like, we're, you know, you or I are going to make an income out of our social media presence. Oh, God, yeah. 
you know, so. Yeah. Um, the other, I'll tell you what other event was on since we last spoke that um, I didn't get to, which I could have on reward flights, but didn't, was Lufkakult. Oh, really? What, you could have got to it? Yeah, yeah. It would have cost me about um, about $420 Australian in fees to use reward points to go, right? But there's just wow. a string of things that I just couldn't make it happen to go. And I look back at it, regret. However, it has now put me in the position, as I messaged to you today, after receiving yes. my... Media accreditation for the 100th anniversary of Le Mans to go there to record content for Porsche Talk Podcast. Nice, but nice. I can't so get there that, at the moment, well, so I'm going to call the uh, my frequent flyer provider and say I need you guys to work some magic on the points I've got left. And in two weeks' time, I need to fly in and out of Paris. Oh, my God, yeah. Do it, man. Tickets That'd be amazing. So it's, uh, it includes, I get, on the, um, on the email I receive back from them, I get, um, there's, a, there's facility there for um, shared accommodation. So it's hostel-style accommodation for media. There is, I yep. get a desk and computer to use there to record information for the event, so for the test event and for the race. And um, Wow. Yeah, so I'm going to try and – I'm going to try hard to get there. Go on your bike now. Go. <laughs> Talking about bike, this Euro Italia has oh. been on in the last couple of weeks and the third week just mm. started today. So for those, for those four listeners – of which three are cyclists, I know, that listen to our channel, right? <laughs> For the other one, the Giro d'Italia is one of the three grand tours of professional cycling. It's a tour of Italy and uh, it's a three-week race. And there's been some new roads used and I've spent a lot of time ride cycling and driving around Italy in the last 25, 30 years and I've seen roads I've never seen before that I think are going to have to make a guest appearance on the uh, next trip. But is that because of the flood? Did they change oh, the route because of the flooding? Because the, the route. Grand Prix they sort of worked on. around it prior, I think. Uh, yeah, because the Grand Prix, the uh, I can't what's it, the Romagna, whatever. What's, yeah, what's it called? The Grand Prix, the Imola Grand Prix. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, which is nowhere um, near Emilia Romagna. Just so everyone knows, okay. But it's pretty. I was shocked at how. But had the flooding was, obviously they had to cancel it. But uh, but you know what's happened now? We're on to Formula One. No, we're not going to know. And I've got some content there. But I want to come back to that. Let's not get into that yet. All right, let me write this down because I forget what I'm about to say then. <laughs> yes, go on. Um, last week, uh, at the last Classic House and Coffee, I met a gentleman who has said to me, Mark, you had someone on your podcast, I've never met this guy before, um, that's done Miller Miller. I said, you're right, I have. Bernard Marks. And uh, he goes, yeah, I'm I'm planning on flying two cars to Brescia next year. What? I said, okay, this sounds exciting. Let's talk about this. He says, look, can you come around my place during the week and we'll talk about it? So I'll go around there. He's got some pretty nice cars, would be an understatement. However, the cars of interest that are going to be entered into the Miller Miglia are a Mercedes 190 SLR. Right. And a 1956 Speedster. Oh, my God. He says, Mark, I need you to look over the Speedster just as an overview to see where I'm going to have problems on getting the car. Um back to standard to be eligible to enter Scrutineering. So we spent a couple of hours going through all those items, which were quite obvious to me, but I very would very have likely overlooked some things on it. So, Bernard, if you're listening, a little friend of mine will be reaching out soon to discuss the um, possibility of uh, 
you know, getting his vehicle ready in northern Italy to compete in the Mille Miglia for 2024. That'd be amazing. Wow. If he gets both cars entered, he may need another driver or co-pilot. And I said, I may be available. (laughs) Well, you didn't didn't offer me up. Now, you could be the co-pilot. That is true. That is true. Of course, it's a lot easier for you to get there than me, my friend. That is also true. When is it? Next month, isn't it? Miller Milia? Isn't isn't June? June or July? Something like that. It could be, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm going, going to Italy talk to him this year. Summer. In prep to prepare for 2024. Oh wow! My goodness, to have to have those two cars and to be able to go right. I mean, I'm literally going to ship them to the other side of the world. No, no, take by the race. Ship was the wrong term. I meant to say fly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fly them. Fly. How does one even do that? Look, I need, I need to send my car to the other side of the world and I want it flown. Yeah, I'm not going to wait for a ship to do it. I'm going to put them on a plane. No. That's not. That's, that's, that's nuts. Oh, don't get me wrong. I and I know you live quite a privileged and uh, life that we both appreciate that we um, enjoy, right? But it's a different stratosphere of enjoyment to be able to fly your cars to events, isn't it? I know. It's, I mean, it's I can barely drive mine to events, but <laughs> <laughs> even ones that are nearby. So uh, yeah, it's massive privilege. And I've just thought now because PJ's event, Classics of the Clubhouse, yes. is a twenty-five minute drive from here. But it's next month, and I haven't. I need to fix my nine twelve. I've just realised I haven't bought a ticket either. Oh, my God. That's another note to self. This right whole thing under. in the UK about buying oh, yeah. tickets to go to car events, I can't even comprehend. We don't have it. It's just if you show up you, and you're in, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you know why it's tickets, don't you? No. Why? It's to, it's to limit numbers. Otherwise, it just fills up. They're, they're confined spaces, most of them. They're limited spaces. Right, okay. So, yeah, sure, sure. for example... So this one that uh, PJ does at the brewery nearby, Yeah. Uh, last month I was helping with sort of directing traffic mm-hmm. and parking. And it was because, it, you know, it's, it was the fourth one, I think, and the first one was, you know, like 15 cars, it's yeah. a massive car park, and you walk in, there's no queue, you grab a coffee or you can grab brunch or breakfast or whatever, come back, come out. Um, but this fourth one rammed. And, and it was queuing all the way through the local village. And, and obviously, you don't want to upset the locals because if they complain to the brewery, they're You won't be allowed to do it next time. Um, sure. So, exactly. So, so what people do is they, they ticket the events and then they, but it's for always for a small amount, you know, five pounds, sure. 10 pounds maximum. You don't want to do it for a, such a small amount that people jump, book it, but don't, then don't turn up. Yeah. But yeah. you want it to be the right amount that it's, they, they're not going to then go, I've spent that money, or it doesn't matter if I don't go. Um, but at the same time, you can just make it, you know, send it to charity or something. Yep. Um, but it just means that you've limited, you've, you've maxed how many people can get in. Um, so you're never going to have that problem. But, yep. um, but at that event, I was a bit disappointed that there are a couple of people who didn't behave that well. And, you know, and they risk it for everybody else. Yes, yes. You mean uh, your you know, really, really noisy cars. Yeah, really noisy car, you know, tearing it up the, you know, the middle of the street. And, you know, people live nearby there. It's, it's a tiny little village where it is. Mm-hmm. So that's disappointing. It was only, I think, one, maybe two maximum out yeah. of, you know, thousands of people. But yeah, it's always disappointing. Oh, well, mm. you do. So. Exactly. There's a rumor going around the traps that June the 8th, or ninth, there's a new Porsche getting released. You know, one of those limited edition ones that no one ever gets. Oh, what, like a GT2 RS or something? Well, it's a 75th year of Porsche. I don't think it's going to be an off-the-shelf car. 
It's actually the 75th anniversary of the first Porsche car ever registered. Wait, when when did the 992 come out? I don't know, four years ago, something like that. How many bazillions of... How many bazillions of variations of it have come out? 48, like I'm guessing. Loads. Yeah. Yeah, at least. Um, and the 992.2 isn't, it hasn't even been announced, has it? No, but that wouldn't be for the 75th anniversary of the brand. They're not going to run well, no, a series, are they? No, they wouldn't. But then you've got to think about, well, what's still got to come out? Well, the hypercar is Before they announced that. We had GD1, uh, then we had Carrera GT, then we had 918 Spider. Like, it's like 10 years apart or something. Like, we're due for a new hypercar. I don't know if it's going to be that. Yeah. Right, but the ST cars been speculated on, you know, the whole GD2, GD3 RS, no wing, manual, rear wheel drive is speculated at the moment in the media. Which, look, admittedly, sounds pretty exciting, right? It does, but I've seen stuff about, I've seen the speculation, and I can't help thinking most of it's come from Spike Ferriston. Oh, he's definitely, he's definitely a, um, you know, a uh, instigator, of, an influencer, uh, innuendo. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know. And at the same time, are we at kind of peak? When, when does the apathy set in? So, oh, yeah, another one. Yeah, another one. Because, you know, well, how long has the Sport Classic been out? Not long. Well, interesting you say that because I actually had a very up-close and personal experience with the Sport Classic today. Earlier today. Were you attacked by one? No, what time is it now? So it's 9, p- 9 p.m. here. I reckon it happened at about 3 p.m. So it's six hours ago. I had a... Very close look at the only one in Western Australia, who's owned by a friend of the podcast, a guest that was a guest from the podcast that was on prior to Ajwal becoming on his co-host. So the um, and he suggested he'd like to come on again and talk about the cars he sold recently because of how what that uh, experience mm-hmm. has been like and how how much fun it's been, like just dealing with idiots. So um, <laughs> so he, he he could be he's good value. And um, we might get him on, but he, he said that uh, it's hard to get enough insurance on that car right now with the amount of money he's been offered for it. Oh, wow. But he drives it every day. Is that day, still the about. case? Like, you know, he's... Wait, is that still the case? Look, that bit I don't know. money, values? Look, it's, it's, he's, getting, he's getting offered money that's more than double what he paid for it. Wow. Is that is that because there's only like one or two in Australia? Yeah, of course, yeah. And it, look, it's a good looking car and a nice interior, and it is a turbo and it's a manual and it's rear wheel drive only. So there's a lot of positives here. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and until they release the next one, uh, isn't it the most powerful manual, manual I think nine eleven ever but, made? And it will continue to be, even if they bring out the ST, because the ST, they're talking about being naturally aspirated, so it'll only be like that 520 horsepower, whereas this thing's like 700 and something. It's ridiculous. It is wow. ridiculous. I know, because I was driving my 356 up to the that Fire and Time event, that um, event at the uh, Man Cave thing on Sunday, up the high, up the freeway, you know, your, what do you guys call it, a motorway, right? And um, Motorway, yeah. And I was thinking, God, this is a good car, and it puts out about 100 horsepower max, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, this is such a joy to drive. Why are they making 1,000 horsepower yep. cars when this is bringing such a, so much pleasure to me driving right now? I know. And that's the thing that I always think, because even when I was driving my 996 at the weekend, and I was, you know, giving it the beans around some of the – um, winding lanes and you know sometimes you are thinking oh, yeah. I, do you know what I, I could just push it just a little bit too far and I'm going to end up going backwards into a tree um, whereas with with the 912 that's not likely to happen and you're not going to be pushing you're not going to be going so fast that you're going to do but then again it hasn't got any seatbelts 
And so you know. And look, this way <laughs> with the nine twelve, when you if you lift on the on the bend, it's a the consequences are much graver than they are in the nine nine six, right? I'm I'm not convinced that it's that different because when you think about in a bend, if I'm going fast enough in the nine nine six. And because if you're in a bend and it's the pendulum effect, it doesn't matter that it's got crash and control. You're not going to stop the pendulum effect. No, no, but this you'll be going three much times better fast. sorted out in a 996 for the back end on that front than there is in a 912. Like the 993, that, that sort true. of knocked the back out of most of the uh, don't ever lift around a corner problem, right? Yeah, that's true. That is true. Most. I'm not saying all yeah. that. Don't get me wrong. It's you still You definitely need a skill set, unlike my Cayman, which is – Idiot-proof, as I am evidence of. Yeah, because with the yeah with the nine one six, I mean, it's got new tires as well, so that makes a difference. Um, but with the nine twelve, I'm not saying that I ever push it round a bend. I wouldn't. I'm too scared, um, especially with no seatbelts. But I don't know if that would make any difference if not having any seatbelts. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to get just jump back to the camera for a sec. I got reached out to by a company in Hong Kong, and I'll be in Hong Kong later in October, right, um, by a company who make aftermarket Porsche parts, not OEM, obviously their own stuff, and they, yeah. they've they said, they've reached out to me and said, we make a GD4 RS rear spoiler and swan neck stays for 981 and 718. Does this interest you? Did you play a call and say, oh, maybe, tell me more? I said, only if it's carbon. And they've replied with, of course it is. <laughs> right. So when I go to Hong Kong, I'm going to go and say, I'm going to see them and see what they're up to. Oh, well, nice. Like and that. then you'll be coming back. And then your hand luggage is going yeah, to be a sport. 100% of yeah, your hand luggage. It's going to cost me a lot less than it will ship it. I <laughs> probably weigh about three kilos. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of... Um, uh, YouTubers taking parts on the plane I've because there's Matt Armstrong. Well, there's Matt Armstrong who keeps doing it for his 903, uh, no, 903, his GC3. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's uh, Scott, is it? Rasha He's been taking parts across and bringing stuff back. Uh, so there's quite there. There's a few of them doing that kind of stuff. And it's almost, it works out much cheaper than shipping it. Yeah, about eight years ago, you've got I was in Switzerland and brought back as hand luggage to try and stuff into the overhead locker a um, anti-sway bar for the front of the 356. <laughs> and did it work? Did yeah, you manage to get in there? Yeah, yep. And um, only just fit. And what else did I have? About 10 different bearings for a gearbox rebuild I did. Oh, I had done. But the bearings wow. were like four hundred and twenty US dollars, and I bought them. Mm. Which at that time we weren't a long way from parity, so it's probably about five hundred dollars Australian. But I ended up buying them for about one hundred and thirty dollars Australian in Switzerland, and brought it back as hand luggage. Wow! Because I just coincidentally <laughs> was going there within two weeks of the gearbox being dismantled with the list of parts I needed. Oh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I could do some bargains. Yeah, the anti-sway bar was a bonus. (laughs) What was the uh, thing that you were going to tell me about Formula 1? Oh, I was just going to ask your opinion on whether or not you think Dan Ricciardo will ever get the behind the wheel again. Yes. Do you think so? I think he will. Because there's all sorts of of rumours about... Um, like you know, what's his name? Nick. Nick. Nick DeVries. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the, the, the rumors that he's he out of time. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, you go Ricardo. Would he would he want to get into that car? But at the same time, he'd be on the grid, so he could show what he could do because he just had a bruising experience at McLaren. The car just didn't suit him, and it's almost like um. Uh, we forget when we're watching Formula One that sometimes drivers end up in teams and in cars that just don't suit their style. Sure. You know, you, you look at, you know, Vettel and um, 
uh, Jensen Button, it's happened to him before. They have a very particular setup of a car or the design of the car that suits their driving style. Uh, and there's very few drivers that can work around that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you get your Alonzo's, Hamilton's, Schumacher's who just yeah. work around anything that's a center that's thrown at them. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of drivers, they get caught out by strange characteristics in a car they're not used to. And it's obvious that's what's happened. You, he, he didn't become a bad driver instantly. You know, the um, last of the late breakers, you know, when they called him that, he used to do such clean yeah. overtakes from so far back, you know, even to the point that um, Alonso said, you know, loved racing him because you can do have clean racing. Yeah. Um, but he'll do this lunge from so far back. Um, you've just got to be aware that he's likely to do it. So I think I think he will be. Like he to, has to be. I'd like to share my opinion on it. There are two well, great, really prolific stars of the Netflix series Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. There's Gunter. Easily mm-hmm. the biggest beneficiary of Drive to Survive, without question, right? Yeah. And there's Dan Ricciardo. Yeah, he's a personality. Yeah, he's a personality them, for sure, and they like, need that. Away. If, to me, it feels like next year, or maybe even the year after, his swan song is going to be going to Hass Racing and getting him regularly on the podium. It's going to be like the saviour of the car, saviour of the brand, and, you know, the two most popular people in Formula <laughs> One for non-F1 enthusiasts are going to make the dream come true. That's what I think is going to happen. Oh, let's hope so. I mean, he deserves to be back to win, don't we? Everyone wants Gunnar Steiner to win, a, win an F1 race, right? Um, oh, yeah, you want him up there. 100%. Yeah. Carrying on like a two-bob watch, right? And we really, really want that person to be Dan Ricciardo because everyone – like, if you're not an F1 fan, you know Dan Ricciardo. Yeah. Because of yeah. And, and that's the thing. Yeah, and I think Formula One's in need of sort of personalities, but not, I don't mean personalities like, you know, Max Verstappen. Um, because, you know, you need personalities that bring new new interest in new audiences. And it's it's quite close. It's felt quite closed. I know Drive to Survive has, has transformed how Formula One is perceived. It's changed the whole sport. Yeah. Yeah, some people watch it. They're in. They're into Formula One without even watching the races. They they yep. they're into Formula One by watching Drive to Survive, yep. uh, or they've got into Formula One by watching Drive to Survive. So uh, from that point of view, I think yes. But um, by yeah, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be back in a car. He has to be. Otherwise, the uh, otherwise um, there's there's just something wrong in the sport if you yeah, can't get. What's poor of the, him not being behind the wheel, isn't it? Yeah, because there's no. And being competitive, and I think he's, yeah, and I think I think he, yeah, he would be competitive, and that's the thing. And if someone turns around and says, "Oh, but that's uh, someone taking uh, the seat of, that a young driver could have," and you go, "No one ever says that about you know the drivers who come and buy their seats." No one goes, "Oh, another driver could be in there." But you know when when um, Schumacher came back to Formula One in two thousand and ten. And, uh, I mean, he was completely hamstrung by the fact that that car had zero development yes. <laughs> that he stepped into because they were too busy winning the championship the year before. But also the sport changed quite a lot in the years that he was away. Like Raikkonen was away, but the rules were fairly stable while he was away. Yeah. But when Schumacher came back, you know, the tyres were different. They'd gone to those Pirelli super soft tyres. But even then, there was a massive spike in the audience. When Schumacher said, I'm, I'm coming back. And, you know, and, and he still did crazy stuff. But, you know, there was an interest because he was a personality, successful driver. And I think Ricardo, he would, he, there would be a, a spike in race interest if he came back. I yeah, think it should be, it should happen. With Schumacher's return, right? Rosberg would mm. never have won a world championship if, if Schumacher hadn't returned. He needed him to toughen him up. And then Lewis to come in yeah. and to absolutely belt him with a stick. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because um, the what was it? Hamilton had one year in the Mercedes car where they were still waiting for the hybrid era to start. Yep. 
So the car was starting to come together. And it was 2014, wasn't it? So he, he got in the car in 2013, got to grips with it, and 2014, that was it. They, the, the car was already developed yeah. when they were off. And, and, and I think this is the thing that I think about, you know, when they're now talking about, because obviously it is going to go into the thing that I was going to talk about, but um, they talk about, you know, Toto Wolf, the way he's talking now, and, you know, we've got to go back and we've got to reset, and everyone's saying, oh, yeah, he knows what it takes to be successful. And you're there going, no, he literally walked through the door as their most successful as car was hitting the track. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Ross Braun was there for that first year, I think, of Lewis Hamilton being there because Ross Braun talked him into signing. Yeah, and then everyone knew, everyone knew, the you know, journalists, audience, everybody, that Mercedes is going to be immense when it comes in the following year with the hybrid engine. And uh, Toto Wolff literally walked through the door as that car was hitting the track. And that's it. He's had unprecedented success because... It's been the longest, most stable period of Formula One rules ever. So you can see why they've broken every record going. But now that it's changed and they go, well, now they're looking at him going, uh, oh, yeah, he knows what it takes to be successful. And you go, yeah, but he he hasn't built something up. Um, And what's happened now is obviously Lewis Hamilton's, what, 38, 37? Um, And there are really, really big rumors swirling that him and Ferrari are flirting with each other. Have you heard that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all over and the media. It's 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 been going on for a while though, and you know, and there's still speculation about is it going to happen? If it does happen, what does that mean? Is he going to be in with the clerk, or is the clerk going to go the other way? And either one of those scenarios, two of those scenarios, three of those scenarios. But you know, what if it what if it ended up being Hamilton's in a Ferrari with you know Daniel Ricciardo as his teammate? <laughs> what, would that that be? would be immense. Yeah. That would be amazing. Um, or Leclerc. Yeah, Hamilton or and Leclerc together, that would be something. Yeah, Leclerc um, just hasn't delivered. I don't know. I mean, he's been quite petulant, but at the same time, the when the beginning of last season, when they had the fastest car, they were they were just so awful. They, it, it's a how you can take um, um, a victory. And, sna- and throw it away. They were snatching defeat from the jaws of victory week after week after it, week, weren't they? <laughs> exactly. And you know when it's just happening again and again, yeah. and as they're trying to sort it out, the Red Bull car is getting faster. Yeah, and Bernardo is just sitting the, there copping it every week, right? Yeah, exactly. And and some of it is like, well, you know when you're sat there going, hang on, no one else is, what are you doing? No one else is doing that. You know, no one in the paddock is doing some strategy thing. And you got, you've just thrown that victory away. Yeah. Um, and that that was disappointing. And I think he did what he could on the track. Um, but this season, I'm I'm enjoying seeing Alonso at the front. I mean, oh, he's yeah, he's really. you could see you could see how happy he is. Oh, he's <laughs> around, just... like the guy's living his best life right now, isn't he? <laughs> he is, and he's gone. You know, he's just signed for Aston Martin, and everything just looks has come up. Everything's come off, Fernando. Fantastic. The um, I'm a sympathiser to Saints Junior, and it's because I actually have met and spent some time with Saints Senior in the past, right? So I know Saints Senior oh. quite well. So as a result, I'm a sympathiser to Saints Junior, and I love that he has the same sort of passion and enthusiasm that his dad does. However, I'm not convinced he has his father's ability. He's he has to work harder to to. You can just tell he's having to work harder to get what he can out of that car compared with Leclerc. Just the the way that he speaks over the radio, the way that he's mm-hmm. you know yep. maneuvering that car around the track. You can just tell it gets to someone you know, when they're in the same team. It's just coming a bit easier to Leclerc. Um, so from that point of view, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think, yes, obviously, you know, you've got to have a, a, a bucket load of talent to get into Formula One. But then the difference slash between money. somebody who's going to win the championship, slash talent slash money, yeah, slash money, yes. <laughs> and then the, the the people who've got to have 
who have that little bit extra to go and win races and go and win championships is is different to someone who's got into Formula One. Yeah. yeah. So that, I, I, which is unfortunate because I used to watch um, rallying when Science Junior, so, Senior, sorry, was racing. But we all back did in the back, back in the day. Yeah. Um, the again, who was it? Sorry, the. the ones. Um. Whilst this is a Porsche Talk podcast, we should talk about the World Endurance Championship and the upcoming Le Mans event. Which yeah, but before we do that, before we do that, yeah, um, Honda engines in the Aston Martin. Meh. Just been announced. Just been announced. Oh, no, I, I think that's quite a big one. Oh, look, you know what? The power units, as they're referred to, okay, are... Uh, yeah. Seem to have less impact on the outcome of races than the aerodynamics. True, but there's, I mean, I think there's with Aston Martin. If the if they go to Honda engines, the their aerodynamic design and planning of the car is freed up. So I think by buying the rear end from Mercedes, they're kind of limited in what they can do yep. from an aerodynamic point of view, whereas this would free them up because they're just buying the unit. They're not buying it. I don't think they'll be buying anything else because well, we obviously Honda, Honda wouldn't have done any development, right? Any more development since Red Bull used them last? Is that who last used Honda? Is that right? Well, Red Bull, Red Bull are still using them, aren't they? Are they? They're, they're, they're rebadged. Yeah, they're, they're just rebadged as Red Bull something sure, engine sure, Red Bull do that. some okay. of the work on them um, so it will be so what they'll do is they'll because Red Bull have aligned themselves with Ford and they'll be uh, having Ford badged engines from I don't know 2026 or wherever it is then Honda engines will, uh, I don't know I, they might just be Red Bull's own developed engines with the Ford label on or it might right. be you know, it might have some Ford input into it, but then you've got um, then Honda will go back to supplying engines to um, well, will go back to producing the engine from start to finish and supplying it to Aston Martin. So it'd be interesting what they come up with. But I don't know if um, I don't know if Aston Martin have just fluked onto a design that's made them competitive, and awesome. if the rules there's, change, are they going to be back again? There's probably five. Things that just all lined up at the right time, really, isn't it? It's like, you know, the engine output and torque seems to better suit the aero that they bought from someone at some point. Because you remember, this is a Force India car. Yeah. Right, so... Which is kind of... Well, it's still kind of a B-spec Mercedes car from a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So Mercedes went off and did this, you know, no side pod kind of... Yeah, design. Ugly car. Um, ugly car, but um, but there's something that's driven them down a certain path underneath in the chassis. Yep. Um, that is diverged from what um, Aston Martin were doing, so they've ended up on very different design paths. But you know, it was after the after the testing in the first race where Total Wolf came out and said, "Yeah, we got it wrong. We need to go back to the drawing board," and they haven't, and they need to now release a, a second spec car yeah, mid-season. It takes them so long to make the change. Um, they must be so there must be so much stuff that they have to do. Yeah, of course there is. I'm just saying I don't understand where. why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean that there isn't. It's just yeah, me that doesn't right get there. it. But Clearly, there's, you know, they wouldn't be saying, oh, no, I couldn't be bothered today. There's none of that going on, right? They yeah. just want to win races. But I, I also think that when they do begin introduce that you know got to the car and it's going to be in a spec that you normally get a car in pre-season testing so it's not like you know they're suddenly going to be catching aston martin and and red bull and ferrari and everybody they're not they're going to be they're going to yeah they exactly they're going to start optimizing it to try and bring it to a point where it's developed enough to be you know you know to get the maximum out of it. But even that might not happen. You know, you're right, during the period of this season, it's probably going to happen next year if it happens. Yep, yep. It's nuts. 
Yeah. Anyway, look, the um, the WEC coming with the uh, upcoming event. Looks, Toyota look like they're going to be hard to beat. However, Porsche have beaten Toyota mm-hmm. on the last lap in the past. So you know, tw- Le Mans is twenty four hours of punishment on a motor car. How um, how well the other brands sustain that twenty four hours is what's going to be curious. Well, isn't um, the Porsches new though? Isn't it? The car yeah. is quite new, yeah. isn't it? Well, look, they all are. They're um, brand new this this season because they've had to use that new um, hypercar um, platform. It's probably it's probably all of them are probably using the same chassis from who's that company in Canada that made the Ford GTs? Oh, Delara. Delara? No, no, not Delara. That's the LMP2 cars. It's um MMMMMMM. Anyway, I'll come to you in a minute. The um that aside, the but the sound, I don't think you've followed any of the uh WC racing. The catalog just sound unbelievable, Ajmal. Oh, wow. Like, I'm talking, well, the- blow your socks off. These things are, you know, you know, there's a there's a thing about the V8 sound that impacts young men, right? Yes. Well, this has taken it to a whole new stratosphere of uh, impacting all men. I might have to look something up and, uh, on the uh, sound. Google, you Google a YouTube. Go, go on to YouTube and find the new LMP. H or whatever they're called, LMDH or whatever the bottles co- the series is the category is called of the Cadillacs. They sound incredible, but I think right now Porsche is sitting about fourth on the uh, performance spectrum of behind um, Toyota, Ferrari, Cadillac, then Porsche. I just I, I don't know. I mean, do you reckon there's a question mark over reliability of any of them? I mean, probably not too because you know because let's face they're, it, they're, they're all built to within an inch of their life, right? So, you know, Porsche has history there of building highly reliable Le Mans winning cars. However, it only matters on the day, doesn't it? Exactly. It's probably going to be an IMS failure or something. <laughs> Bore scoring. <laughs> yeah, Bore scoring. <laughs> the, uh, no, the, it would be interesting to see. I can see it right now. Oh, yeah, always. That That's just... Uh, Tommy Chain. That'll just be a cloud of smoke, though. Tommy They'll keep Chain. driving. Yep. Tommy Chain guides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but it's been interesting to see, because I, I remember when it used to be on the television, and it's no longer on. You can't really get it. I guess you get it on a Sky dedicated motorsport channel or something. But I don't know where I'd watch it. I'll get there and broadcast the footage live to you, all right? You reckon? Yeah, from the jumbo truck. That, do it. Do it. In the media centre. Do it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do it. Just stand there with your phone. We'll be yeah, on FaceTime for twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, holding it up. No, you'd be like that. Oh, they've all gone past. Right, yeah, get, okay. get me a beer. They come out. Oh, they're going back again. <laughs> well, they're not. They're not long laps. Not at that speed. Are they? How long are they? Yeah, what is it? Six k's around. I, I feel like I've not. I've not seen uh, one of those races since I was a kid, probably. Yeah. Or anything of it. Mm-hmm. Not even any footage. So I, I would like to get back into it just to see, just to keep up to date on what's happening I just, in terms of the specific. Like watching the, I don't know if you, well, clearly you didn't, but at um, Spa, which was just a crash fest. Crash, 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 crash. Every car, crash, 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 <laughs> crash, crash, right? And you see the difference between the GT cars, which is, you know, GT3 and the other GT category cars, which are incredibly high-performance motor cars, right? And they come into mm. a corner and they're braking 50 metres earlier than the hypercar category. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with oh, that's mad, similar power, but they're doing like 15 seconds a lap slower, you know, so... Wow. You know, and GD3 cars are not slow, you know. They're, uh, about, they're, they're about peak road car or comparable to road car vehicles, right? Yeah, that's got to be a bit of a shock, you know, if you're in that car and you're giving it everything and it's yeah, and like, you it, know. Yeah, and this little thing that weighs like, you know, 500 kilos less with, you know, all the yeah. arrow in the world just comes fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's almost like it's it's like your GT3 going around a corner without slowing down. Yes. Yep. Yep. 
Anyway, but, that's, that's well, it, I mean, uh, racing. Let's. Uh, I reckon we pull a pin for our first uh, podcast yes. back in a while. Let's do this more regularly. Okay, let's. Uh, let me organise a guest. Let's do it. Do it. All right, then. We'll, I want to uh, do. It. Thank you, everyone, for listening and coming back to the podcast after several weeks away because uh, Ajmal and I have had various commitments in our real jobs to face up to. (laughs) And uh, if there's anybody who's got any news or corrections of the stuff we're crapping on about, please reach out to myself. It's Mark. It's Mark and Cars on any social media platform. That's Mark with a C. And Ajmal is flat cap driver. So... Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much, Ajmal. Thank you.